All right, here we are. It's uh, time for another edition of Jonesing for Football as we are going back-to-back weeks. All right, we're going multiple podcasts because it's the month of April. Every week we're going to give we're going to give you at least two podcasts a week because there's so much voluminous information here inside the Big Green NFL Draft Scouting Notebook where we are looking for five-star players. Bill Jones with Cody Winstead. I'm in Dallas. He's in Philadelphia. We are rivals on the football field, but we come together each year to take a look at what we have discovered from these NFL draft prospects. As we talked about in our last edition of Jonesing for Football, this may be the deepest NFL draft in years coming out of the pandemic. There weren't as many players that came out last year. They're all decided to come out this year. And so this draft, could be it's really a nine round draft instead of a seven round draft so there's so many players that you need to know about and so what is our topic on this edition of jonesing for football young cody well dr jones good to be with you as always today we're going to be looking for some perfect fits listen we're all less than a month away from the draft you mentioned it we've been studying these guys for weeks finding our favorite players and then figuring out which teams should be drafting them. So we're going to play a little matchmaker and give you some players with some ideal landing spots. And let me start us off with a quarterback, Bill Jones. Normally the quarterbacks are at the top of the draft, but not this year. So I think the perfect fit for pit quarterback Kenny Pickett is the Pittsburgh Steelers with the number 20 overall pick. It makes too much sense. Who better to replace Ben Roethlisberger than someone who knows the city, the mentality, the legacy, and how well does Kenny Pickett know it? He spent the last five years playing for the Pitt Panthers, and they share a practice facility and stadium with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so he'd be ultra comfortable entering that location. Obviously, we know the Steelers need a QB of the future. And let me break some news for you, Bill Jones. It's not going to be Mitch Trubisky. Sorry, he's not the long-term solution. And so they need a young quarterback to come in and keep them competitive. Sure, Trubisky can be a decent bridge quarterback for a year or two, but they need someone To carry on that tradition, the Steelers have made the playoffs six of the last eight years, so they are used to making the postseason, and they're not going to settle for anything less than that. I think Kenny Pickett could help maintain that tradition of the Steelers. And one, one more thing, Mike Tomlin will always have a solid defense. They don't need a top notch QB with the Steelers. They just need someone who was going to be good enough. Last year, they made the playoffs with the number 23 total offense in the league. So they just need something top half and they'll be fine. I think Kenny Pickett can do that. He he will make sure he doesn't cost you games. Uh, He won't turn the ball over 42 touchdowns to just seven picks last year. It's debatable how high Pickett's ceiling is, but I do think everyone agrees his floor is the highest among all the quarterbacks in this draft. For those reasons, Bill Jones, I think Kenny Pickett to the Steelers would be a perfect fit. What do you think about that? 
Oh, I love it for all those reasons that you cite. Now, the Steelers are picking at number 20, and uh, can they stay at 20 and get Kenny Pickett, you think? I mean, you got uh, the Saints looking for a quarterback two picks ahead of them, and I think uh, Daniel Jeremiah in his last mock draft had Pickett going to the Saints at 18, and Pittsburgh's not a team that that, that makes a lot of uh, trades, but uh, they, they stay put a lot. Yep, can the they stay Seahawks. at 20 and get their guy? Yeah, well, the Seahawks need a quarterback. The Panthers need a quarterback, so they could be teams that kind of could move ahead. But I think at 20, I think it's going to work out where Pickett would be there at 20. I think Malik Willis is going to be the first quarterback selected. I just think his ceiling's so high that someone's either going to move up to get him or one of those teams uh, that I mentioned are going to grab him first. All right. Uh, that's a great one. I love that one. Uh, here's here's a perfect fit that I've got for you. And you mentioned uh, a couple of podcasts ago, you mentioned this player. And with the wide receiver movement in the league, I think this player fits a couple of teams. And the first team I was thinking of was the Kansas City Chiefs, but he also would fit the Green Bay Packers. Now, Green Bay is drafting in late a couple of picks late in the first round. They have the 22nd pick and they have the 28th pick. Kansas City has back-to-back picks at 29 and 30. And this is a wide receiver who I think would fit either one of them. Either Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes would love to throw to this guy. And of course, the Packers lost Devontae Adams, who's now a member of the Las Vegas Raiders, and the and Tyreek Hill went to Miami and the much-talked-about trade. Do you know which player I might be talking about who would be a great fit, a wide receiver for either one of those teams, who is kind of a sleeper? I was going to say Traylon Burks from Arkansas, but I'm not sure he's a sleeper. What do you think? All right, no, it's not Traylon Burks. The guy that I think we're looking for, and all these wide receivers, most all of them have a lot of speed. But this guy is just jumping off the tape at me. And you again, you mentioned him a couple of podcasts ago. Christian Watson from North Dakota State, who ran a 4.36 at the 40 with a 38 and a half vertical and an 11.4 broad jump. He is 6'4, 208 pounds out of Tampa, Florida. And at North Dakota State, of course, he's got championship rings galore because they win the uh, Division II championship every year. He's got uh, multiple kickoff returns for touchdowns in his career. In fact, he was an FCS All-American as a kickoff returner in 2020. And, of course, they played that season in the spring of 2021 just a year ago. And then this last year, he was the FCS All-American. Not not humongous numbers because of the style of football that North Dakota State plays. He had 43 catches for 800 yards and seven touchdowns. But you just watch this guy. And his athleticism is, I mean, he just springs onto the field and uh, out of the video. You know, I was thinking of him with Kansas. Kansas City has a track record now of picking late in the first round, and they just make picks that are just, that's perfect. That's a perfect fit for them. Christian Watson, if they, if one of, with one of those picks late in the first round, he goes to Kansas City, people will immediately acclaim that, oh, they won the, they won the first round with that pick because he's a perfect fit for their offense, but he also is for Green Bay. And, and the, one of the reasons I mentioned him with the Packers, he kind of reminds me of Jordy Nelson a little bit. And uh, he probably has a little more uh, 
explosion than what Jordy Nelson had. But Jordy Nelson at Kansas State, he in the in special teams as a wide receiver, he had underrated athleticism. I'm not. Uh, in fact, he ran a four five. He, but he had a 10-yard split of 150, Jordy Nelson did. 6'3", 217 pounds. Watson, 6'4", 208 pounds. Kind of the same body build. And uh, and I'd I look at Christian Watson as being a Jordy Nelson type. Yeah, how about that? So I'm trying to place him with the Chiefs right now. And it does actually seem like he would fit really well, even within that receiver room. So the Chiefs signed Juju Smith-Schuster who would be a a really nice kind of number one slash number two guy until Watson potentially could take one of those roles. They also got Marquez Valdez-Scantling to kind of be the deep guy. They got him from the Packers. So he would be kind of uh, a good mix um, of an over-the-middle receiver um, with a deep guy. You know, like those pieces seem to fit together to me. I'm looking at the Packers depth chart right now. There's not much there uh, as far as wide receivers. It looks like Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and then a couple guys that I'm not even really familiar who they are. So you mentioned the Packers. They pick at 22, and at 28, I would say most likely they're going back-to-back wide receivers there for Aaron Rodgers. Would you agree? Yeah, and and so Kansas City knows that, and so if they target a guy like Christian Watson with one of those two First round, they're going to have to get ahead of Green Bay probably on that Green Bay second pick, move up a couple of spots, uh, and they probably got the ammunition to do it with back-to-back picks. But Green Bay's first two picks are just ahead of Kansas City. They're Green Bay at 22 and 28 and Kansas City at 29 and 30. So there you go. Christian Watson is my pick. Like it. All right, here's my second perfect fit, Bill Jones. And who should you draft? when you have the worst total defense and scoring defense in the NFL? Well, if it was me, I would go pick the two most dynamic prospects from the best defense in college football, right? That just makes sense. (laughs) That's why I think the Jets should go after Georgia's duo, edge rusher, Trayvon Walker at number four, and then back that up with D-tackle Jordan Davis at number 10. Let's start with Walker. First of all, there is some talk. He might go number one overall. Like he has that type of ability and he's climbing boards that quickly. We'll see if those rumors heat up over the next couple of weeks. But I think he's definitely been the quickest riser over since the combine. 6'5", 272. 35 and a half inch arms, almost 11 inch hands for Trayvon Walker from Georgia. The dude is a genetic freak. He also ran 451 and had a vertical of 35 and a half and a broad jump of 123. So, like off the charts athletically. Now, when you have those measurables, you think, like, wow, you have, he probably had 100 tackles. 15 sacks, but not necessarily the case. He only had 37 tackles and six sacks in 15 games with the Georgia Bulldogs last year. Now, to be fair, he played with a ton of other studs on that Georgia defense. So he wasn't getting the amount of snaps of, say, an Aiden Hutchinson or a Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. 
But Walker has really shown since the season's over, he's testing well, and that's really gotten the attention of these NFL teams. Number two on that list is another genetic freak, and we all know about Jordan Davis. I think he'd be great for number 10 to the Jets. Mammoth defensive tackle, stole the headlines at the Combine with his one-of-a-kind size and speed, 6'6", 341, ran a ridiculous 478. He had a 32-inch vertical, 123 broad. And so this guy, again, jumped off the charts at the Combine, just like Walker. Wasn't much of a pass rusher at Georgia, just seven career sacks but he will clog up those A-gaps and should slow down any opposing run game. I love his personality too, Jordan Davis. I was reading a story about how he was obsessed with mythology growing up, reading books about ancient Greece and Egypt. And they said he still downloads TED Talks on topics ranging from ancient civilizations to modern religion. And so he's the kind of character that would be a huge hit in New York. His nickname is Godzilla. And this is actually why I really love him. Growing up, he was a DJ. He used to DJ at parties. His name was DJ Oreo because he liked Oreos so much. And I just think this kid is built for the Big Apple. So those two guys adding to the Jets defense, that'd go a long way in bringing them back to respectability. All right, there's only one problem with that theory. Is Trayvon Walker still going to be on the board at number four when the Jets pick? No, that's true. That's what I was saying. He might go number one. He might go number two. Um, you got Jacksonville, Jacksonville number one. And, and Daniel Jeremiah's last mock draft, he had Aiden Hutchinson from uh, Michigan going to Jacksonville number one and Trayvon Walker going number two to Detroit. And then Thibodeau number three to Houston. He had three edges going the first uh, three picks. So the Jets at number four, he had him taking Sauce Gardner, the uh, cornerback from Cincinnati, who, and when you look at the Jets' depth chart, and yeah, they can definitely use Sauce Gardner because at cornerback, they don't have much right now. Right. How about this, though? I, I saw this on Good Morning Football on uh, NFL Network. Shout out to those guys. How perfect would Sauce Gardner going to the Big Apple B. Apple sauce, big apple sauce. <laughs> that would be that is a perfect nickname, right? There. That that's the perfect fit. You've used football logic and scouting logic for your perfect fit, but really the perfect fit is apple sauce going to the Jets. Uh, I'm with you know, you know that's gonna happen. All right, and then I've got uh, a couple of perfect fits right after the Jets picking. At number four, you got the Giants picking at number five, followed by the Carolina Panthers at number six. And this, I think, may be the biggest no-brainer in the entire draft for both of those teams. Both of those teams need to shore up their offensive lines, and both of those teams could use a left tackle. I realize the Giants uh, used a first-round pick on Andrew Thomas at left tackle, but he could also swing over and play the right side. But I take take your pick, Iki Aquanu out of North Carolina State or Evan Neal from Alabama. They're going back to back, five and six to the Giants and the Panthers. Whichever whichever sauce they like, whichever kind of applesauce they like or ice cream they like, 
They'll take either Aquanu goes to the Giants at five, Neal to the Panthers at six, or vice versa. Yep. Uh, and both those teams have been trying to sure up their offensive line for years now. And it, to the point that it's even hard to grade the quarterbacks that they have because their offensive lines have been so horrible for years. And so, like you said, instead of maybe going quarterback and then trying to fill the offensive line around them, both teams would be smart to go offensive line and then bring in the quarterback to make him the final piece. And uh, to me, yeah, both of those picks make sense. You know, uh, the other thing, and this gets back to uh, your selections of the Georgia defensive players going to the Jets. In Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft uh, for his Jets picks, he had Sauce Gardner going number four to the Jets, and then Drake London, the wide receiver from USC, going number 10. That's the other guy. Drake London is a guy, and he was the second wide receiver that uh, Jeremiah had off the board. He had Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State, going to Atlanta at number eight. But Drake London is a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there are teams really, really high on him because I think he he can be a difference maker right off the bat, kind of a Mike Evans type uh, that uh, could go right there even higher than the Jets at number 10. I, I really like that guy. Yeah, and he, may, he would make sense for the Jets. Looking at their depth chart, Corey Davis, um, who was good when he was healthy last year. Uh, Elijah Moore is another receiver that the Jets drafted last year, and he had he was terrific when he played. Um, and then Braxton Berrios has another three. So you're you're right. Uh, Drake London could come in, maybe jump right into that number one spot, um, and provide some weapons there for Zach Wilson. In fact, let me I'll throw this at you: if the Giants. That's the other thing that's really intriguing about this draft because you get so many teams that have multiple first round draft picks. I mean, you got the Jets with two in the in the top 10 picks at, at number four, number 10, and you got the Giants with two picks at number five and number seven. Let's say the Giants take Iki Aquanu, the left tackle at number five, and uh, Jeremiah's got Jermaine Johnson defensive end from Florida State at number seven. They could go defense there, or how about just shore up that offense and take a wide receiver there at number seven for the Giants and and Drake London, or I I like Garrett Wilson a lot too, uh, but I think Garrett Wilson is a lot like some other guys. There's not a whole lot of separation between them, but I think Drake London is a different cat uh, who can can do more things where I, I would put him at the top of my wide receiver list and yeah, the Giants have needs on defense too, but I could see them going two offensive players right there. Looking at, again, looking at the Giants depth chart, they do seem to have a decent amount of receivers. Kenny Galladay's still there. Kadarius Toney, that's your I'm look. I'm looking, not this year. I'm looking the next five years. Sterling Shepard, let me keep going. Darius <laughs> Slayton. They've got four solid guys right now, Bill Jones. They're not doing anything this year. They need... That that's that's all fine and good. Those wide receivers for this season, but get you a guy who's going to be your guy for the next half decade at least. So that's well, where I about, take advantage of it. How about this? What if they just went with Malik Willis there with their second pick and just you know really turn this team around? Well, if you if you like Malik Willis, then go for it. That would all be right. interesting. Yeah, but but how about that? Okay. You got 
the Jets have two picks at four and ten. The Giants have two picks at five and seven. Uh, Philadelphia back-to-back picks at 15, 16, and 19. Uh, the Packers with two late. The Kansas City with two late. And it's, I think it's going to make for a really interesting first round of the draft. For sure. And it's one of the things that people really aren't talking about, what makes these trades even better. Everyone's excited about all the trades and guy, all these big names changing teams. What it's also doing is like you're saying, now a bunch of teams have multiple first round picks instead of everybody has one pick like we normally have it, which is great. But it is really cool to see all these teams who for the Jets and the Giants specifically, they can get significantly better. And again, the Packers and the Chiefs, those teams need to reload after getting rid of their star receiver. <laughs> and yet you got the team that won the Super Bowl doesn't care about draft picks, the Rams. Uh, that's right. That's right. Multiple <laughs> theories. How about this? <laughs> All right. Well, I enjoyed that. Those are, were some perfect picks for teams in this, uh, in this draft. Yes, yeah, sir. We, I think we did a good job, Bill Jones. Nice and uh, and quick to the point, and uh, and we've got more of this to come over the next few weeks leading up to the draft. The draft, uh, April twenty eighth, the uh, first round, and again, like I said off the top, I think this can be the most intriguing NFL draft in years, which is saying a lot because you don't have all those quarterbacks going in the top ten picks. Uh, but they're for the for the really hardcore football fan. There's a lot to dive into in this draft. Do you know what you're doing for the draft? Do you have your work responsibilities ready to roll? Do you know what those are going to be? It's funny that you mentioned that because I've been getting emails on a daily basis, the new things that they want to do. You know, this, this digital era that we are in, uh, there's a lot of streaming opportunities. And so I think at CBS 11 here in Dallas, we're going to be active on draft day doing some some stuff on our digital side it's cbs news dallas fort worth so yeah i'm going to be very busy doing stuff how about you um yes i do know what i will be doing i'm producing a couple shows for nfl network we are doing a three-hour show on thursday before round one of the draft and then we're going to do a three-hour show on friday before day two we're in studio, which is a big deal for us because uh, I was producing shows that were remote last year. So the fact we're bringing people in studio is going to be great. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, get you ready for the draft, which you can watch on NFL Network. All right. And uh, we're, uh, we've spent a lot of time looking at offensive players here in the last uh, couple of weeks. So we're going to turn our attention to the defense, right? Yes, sir. Last night, while you were diving through offensive linemen and finding all these guys you like. I was actually wrapping up my defensive prospect search. So I think next time when I'm jonesing for football, we'll get into some D linemen. We'll maybe get into some linebackers and we'll continue our position by position breakdown. All right. That does it for this edition of jonesing for football. And we will see you again next time. 